Welcome to Change Nation, a program brought to you by First30days.com. On this episode of Change Nation, Ariane talks narcissism with author and expert Wendy Bahari. Here's Ariane. Hello, and welcome to Change Nation. Today I'm joined by Wendy Bahari. She's the author of a great book called Disarming the Narcissist, Surviving and Thriving with the Self-Absorbed. I think we all have people in our lives who are narcissistic, always think about themselves, and she's here today to help us figure out how to deal with them, how to tame them, and how to, in general, improve all of our relationships. Wendy, it's a real pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with you, thanks. So Wendy, how do we know if someone in our life is a narcissist. What are what are the warning signs? Well, the the biggest warning sign is that they are highly self-absorbed. So it's all about them. Um, typically, there's they're very much in search of the spotlight, center of attention, running the show, um, interrupting people so they can get the floor again when they're speaking in a social situation. Just can be very obnoxious, but also can be very charming. So they lure you in with a lot of charm and often intelligence and, you know, heroics, but then dominate the relationship. And and the worst case scenario, just be very demeaning and condescending. So even just hearing that, I'm already thinking of a few people that might fit that category. How do you know if you yourself are a narcissist? Well, you know, again, it's, it's sort of asking those questions. You know, what is my motivation? What's the underlying motivation for this conversation, for this act of goodness? You know, is it about my own crowning glory? Is it about trying to impress? Is it about needing to feel superior in this relationship? You know, and if you're coming up with yes to most of those questions, then, you know, you might want to consider your own underlying issues around narcissism. Are there more men? Are there more women narcissists? You know, there's mostly men. In our research, we see that about 75% of the most aggressive types of narcissists are men, Mm -hmm. meaning the ones that tend to be more boastful and more mm, dominant and and oftentimes in that more condescending type of role. But women certainly, and we have divas, you know, there's (laughs) women out there. It's just the emphasis is different. It often falls more on their vanity, their Mm -hmm. appearance, their children, their parenting style and things of that sort. So jumping right into it, are there two, three things that someone should do with any type of narcissist in terms of taming them, as you say? First, understanding them, you know, is I think a lot of people get halted by, you know, their, the, the difficulty in dealing with them and how obnoxious they are or intimidated by them. And so I think it's first developing an understanding that ironically, most of them don't feel very good about themselves underneath. So this is a, a very great false wall. Um, or false bravado in some cases. Secondly, it's understanding why are you getting intimidated? Where's your voice? You know, learn how, learning how to stand up for yourself in that relationship. But most importantly, it's figuring out how to get leverage with them. You know, how to assign consequences for behaviors that are just unacceptable. I know there's a lot of um, the emphasis in the book about just great quality communication with the narcissist. Yeah. So. If we can, just give me an example. If, if I have a boss or a spouse or someone that I believe is intimidating me and being more of that narcissist, what are good quality things to say to them or questions to ask? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think it's, I write in the book about empathy and confrontation, meaning try to offer the benefit of the doubt, try to offer understanding, 
while still keeping them on the hook, holding them accountable. So you might say something like, you know, I know it's not your intention to be hurtful to me, or I don't think you mean to be mean, but it's really coming across in a way that's completely unacceptable. It's gone too far, and we have to work on this, or our relationship is at risk. So that might be a way of speaking to a loved one. Let's do another one, parents-in-law, mother-in-law, father-in-law, that tends to sort of show up quite often. Good conversation to have with them, good sort of initial way of of starting this discussion. Mm. Well, particularly since narcissists can be very intrusive and know-it-all-like, with someone like in-laws where it's a very fragile relationship that you want to protect, if you want to protect it, then, you know, it's starting the conversation, again, with something like, you know, I know you're trying to be helpful, or I respect your expertise in the area of, you know, home decorating and home design. Parenting. But I'm trying to learn, you know, or even in parenting, that you have a lot of wisdom to offer. But I'm trying to learn, too. Mm -hmm. And I, I really need you to respect the boundaries of my household when you're here, though I appreciate that your intentions may be good. Wendy, we'll be right back. This is Change Nation from the first 30 days. This is Change Nation. We are back with Wendy Bahari. She's the author of Disarming the Narcissist. Wendy, one of the things in your book that I love is the list that you can figure out if you are a narcissist magnet, Mm. if you are attracting these people into your life. I wanted to just touch on a couple of those things. Sure. Um, One, for example, is those individuals who tend to gravitate towards narcissists seem to have not enough of a sense of self. Mm -hmm. So they are likely to put themselves at the bottom of the list or somewhere in the corner. And the narcissist then can very easily take, you know, front and center, and which leads to a sense of resentment ultimately, because of course, we all long to have some reciprocity in our relationships in order for them to be satisfying. The other is, you know, someone who hasn't gotten their needs met over time. And so, being with someone like this who's very demanding is very familiar to them and they'll they'll go in that direction because they may not feel worthy or they just may not be used to uh, being important in a relationship and of course that can also lead to things like feeling hopeless and depressed. Why would a woman keep attracting uh, narcissistic men as sort of boyfriends, lovers, mm. What's going on for them? It's that same theme, it's, or one of those themes, where it's something they're just so used to, either not feeling good enough about themselves, enjoying the charm and the alluring side of the narcissist, which is, you know, I'm going to save you, I'll rescue you, I'll teach you things, I'll show you the world. And of course, what we find is that that's pretty short-lived. That's not a long-standing promise in a relationship. Where is the fine line between healthy sense of self, healthy narcissism, and I'm now in unhealthy territory? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, healthy narcissism is, you know, having confidence, being able to feel good about yourself while still being able to balance your place in a relationship, that it's not just about you, but it's balanced by the other person that you're interacting with or you're living with. Um, whereas in narcissism, it really tips to the other end of the spectrum and it becomes very lopsided. It's, it's really very much about them. And it's hard for them to give up that importance and really share a relationship in a reciprocal way. Thinking about the narcissist themselves as opposed to us dealing with that relationship, do narcissists change? Have you seen people go from being incredibly narcissistic to really learning a different path? Or is it more about uh, the way we approach them? 
Well, clearly there's more success in the individual who's dealing with them, getting some help and figuring out how to make better decisions and set limits. Narcissists can change if there's enough leverage, if in fact there are consequences for their behavior, um, if they're motivated to make mm -hmm. those changes and they can own the problem. Um, it's a slow process, but they can change. It just has to be something that they don't want to lose or something that they absolutely want to gain. Another situation that I think would be familiar for people, a working environment. Mm. So either your boss is more on the narcissistic scale or even a colleague that might be very smart but is hard to work with. Mm -hmm. What are ways to approach that type of relationship? They're incredibly tricky. You know, those are difficult relationships because, again, you don't have as much leverage to apply, especially if it's a boss. So it really boils down to trying to find some type of voice of self-advocacy mm. where you can say, um, this makes me uncomfortable. You know, I appreciate your mentorship or I appreciate you giving me this opportunity, but when you speak to me that way, mm. it makes me uncomfortable or it makes me feel inadequate. Mm. Uh, maybe we can find another way to talk about it. And the same with colleagues, you know, mm. is just to offer the possibility of a different level of conversation mm. and see if you can get them aligned mm. with you on that thought. Sometimes it's just setting limits and, you know, finding ways to navigate so that you're not always in close proximity. Yeah. Where, where do you think is the ultimate leverage for someone who is like, I'm really done with this relationship mm. or I'm done with this intimate relationship? Where would you encourage them to really sort of dive into where there is still hope, there is still a way to improve that relationship mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm done? It's to say I think we're on a bad path and it's going to end. I mean, I, I see a lot of people, especially women, who love the narcissistic men that they are living with. Mm -hmm. And they don't want it to end, but they fear that unless things change, there's no way they're going to be able to keep it going. And it's the best place to be for change and for hope. Because they can say, I, I don't want this to end, but I fear we're on that path. Mm -hmm. And I'm serious that if we don't make improvements and you don't take some responsibility, we'll be done. It's fascinating. Thank you so much, Wendy. It's been You're a real welcome. pleasure. My pleasure, too. The book is Disarming the Narcissist, Surviving and Thriving with the Self-Absorbed. For more information, please visit her website at www.disarmingthenarcissist.com. For more fascinating interviews, more inspiration, more expertise on all types of subjects, please visit us on the web at first30days.com. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.